What's up? What's up? Everyone smile. It's good to be in church today. Yeah, yeah. Let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. Uh, about a year ago, I don't I remember how long it was ago, I, I taught y'all the ready position. I can't get in the ready position today because I'm in my suit looking all good today, but I can't. <laughs> but that's, that's how I feel in my heart. Like, like God's going to do something powerful today on, on Father's Day. Amen. We want to... Um, Welcome all the people from all the campuses, uh, City Heights, San Isidro, San Marcos, East County, Donovan State Prison, uh, Juvenile Hall, and all the guys in the military, and all the ladies in the military. Let's give them all a big, a big hand out there. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. We love y'all. Happy Father's Day. Lord, we, um, we just pray for um, healing today. Holy Spirit, I pray you do something supernatural today in our hearts and our lives. I pray you work a powerful work in our relationships, especially with our dads and with our Heavenly Father. We pray for amazing healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's going to bless you today. Amen, amen. Let's see your Bibles on three. One, two, three, say word. One more time, say word. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, even though we're going to put a different verse on the screen. Matthew chapter 7, we'll start there for you. Matthew chapter 7. As you turn there, there is a story that most people know, the story of David and Goliath, where a young boy fights a giant and he was overmatched and it's always a story that's used in any kind of competition where somebody's a a big underdog and David the little boy kills Goliath and David grows up to become the king and when he became king the Philistines the enemy said now that you're the king we are going to target you. Let me read a verse to you. It'll be on the screen. It's First Chronicles 14, 8. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. Whenever you get a new level of responsibility, you get new devils of adversity. With every new level, there's a new devil. A lot of y'all want promotion in your job. There's a new devil with that promotion. You want new financial responsibility. You want to buy a house. You want to buy a car. You want to date somebody. You want to marry somebody. Every new level, there's a new devil. So you need to understand that what you look, what it looks like from the outside is not what it is. And one of the probably most important levels of responsibility is being a dad, being a father. Because when you become a father, you inherit the title, one of the titles of God, father. And you become a representative to your family of who God is. In other words, God gave men who have children the title father, and he gave them the responsibility that he didn't have before to represent his heart to his children. Because how his children see him is going to impact how his children see the heavenly father. You have to understand what I'm saying. This is a very important responsibility. Is the mother a responsibility? Absolutely. But this is Father's Day. So we're going to talk about fathers. Can I get amen? amen? Don't trip. Just talk about fathers. In Matthew chapter 7, we're going to see this short passage, chapter 7, Matthew 7, verse 7, where Jesus is going to 
basically teach this to what he implies or what he says. Look what it says in chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, Jesus, Jesus is talking about prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, Matthew 7, verse 7, and it will be open to you. Verse 8, for everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. He's saying, listen, pray to my father and he'll bless you. And then it says in verse 9, he's talking to these men who happen to have children. He says, what man is there among you who, if your son, obviously a daughter, asks for bread, you would give him a stone? You wouldn't do that. If you're a good father, you're not going to do that. And he says in verse 10, if he asks for a fish, would you give him a serpent? You wouldn't do that. You would bless him with a fish. He says, if you then being evil, by the way, all fathers, evil in the sense of sinful, all fathers make mistakes. Why? Because all fathers are sinners. All kids make mistakes. Why? Because all kids are sinners. All moms make mistakes. Okay. Now, grandparents don't make mistakes. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> By the time you get there, you figured it out. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> grandparents, okay. so, but he says, if you then being evil or sinful or someone prone to mistakes, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good to those who ask him? He's saying, fathers, you are setting the tone for how people are going to see me. All of us in here have a, had, have, had a dad. Your dad is either estranged from you. Your dad is either passed away. Your dad is either really close to you. Your dad, you're mad at your dad. But all your dads, whether you realize it or not or want to accept it or not, have and still are impacting your relationship with your heavenly father. And the devil knows this. If your dad was a dad who richly blessed you and encouraged you, not gave you everything you asked, but gave you based on his love for you what he thought you needed, then you will have no problem and it will be so much easier for you to pray to God in heaven and say, I expect God to bless me according to his wisdom and his discretion. If your father was a workaholic and, and, and demanded that you earn his love, and wouldn't give you an attaboy unless you hit five home runs. And wouldn't say he loved you unless you scored five touchdowns. You are going to become a, a person who views God as a God who you have to earn God's love by working hard and saying, God, look at all I did. Some of y'all can relate to that now. You, you have to earn his love. You have to earn his forgiveness. And when you mess up, you feel so guilty and you carry a burden that he has not put on you to earn back his forgiveness. That's not biblical. But you learn that potentially through your father's relationship. And then some of you have a father who abused you, abandoned you. He violated you. And therefore you have, it's so hard for you to understand that a father could be loving to you. So you do it on your own. But you must understand that God put a father in your life and his job, his responsibility from God was to represent him to you. So when you got on your knees and prayed to your heavenly father, you would know that, that was a good thing. Not a suspicious thing, not, not a bad thing, not a sometimes thing. Now I'm going to go to church on, and now I'm going to work all week and hopefully on Sunday I can say, God, look at all the good I did because God doesn't want that relationship with you. He just wants to love you. And so what I want to do today, I'm so excited, <laughs> is I want to bring some healing in the room with your dad. Some of you think, well, I don't, want, I don't want to do that. Oh, please, please, listen, listen, listen. It's impacting this relationship. Whether you believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, it's impacting this relationship. Because the relationship you have here always needs work. 
And this right here, God wants to do a supernatural thing. The Bible says you cannot be righteous in the eyes of God without faith. Faith to accept and faith to forgive. Faith to say, Lord, I want to love and heal and do what I have to do to make sure I got no issues in my heart that are going to impact this issue right here. Because the Bible says how can you not love who you see or how could you hate who you see but then say you love who you can't see? This relationship is so critical. And so I'm going to teach a few things, three things that heavenly fathers should do in the representation of our earthly, three things our earthly fathers should do in the representation of our heavenly father. And then I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite you, if you're willing, into a prayer of forgiveness and blessing for you. Three things. Let's start. Three things. Number one of your notes. Look at number one. Affirmation. Everyone say affirmation. Fathers should affirm their children. And by the way, these three things I'm going to talk about are three things our Heavenly Father did to his son, Jesus. Because remember, God our Father had a son. He was a dad. And he had a son. And Jesus had a dad. Affirm your children. You are awesome. You are blessed. You are amazing. Turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. It says, Jesus got baptized. Comes out of the water. It says, suddenly a voice from heaven. Whose voice is that? His dad. I want you, I'm going to try to channel James Earl Jones right now. (laughs) If you don't know who that is, Google this. (laughs) It's like a Michael Jackson version of James Earl Jones. (laughs) This is my son, beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus comes out of the water and he tells the whole world, even to this day in the Bible, that's my son. And I delight in him. Fathers, tell your kids in public that you delight in them. I go to too many baseball, little league baseball games, little league football games, soccer games, t-ball games, and their kids got to hit five home runs before they get an attaboy. Tell your kids they're awesome. If they strike out 40 times, it doesn't matter. Tell them they're awesome. My kids, my oldest daughter, Kelly, you are awesome. My second daughter, Kimmy, you are fabulous. My son, Miles, you are incredible. My son-in-law, Chai, you are amazing. My daughter-in-law, Sammy, you are great. My grandson, MJ, you are a lot of work. (laughs) But you are the joy of my life. That brother wears me out. He's like, Grandpa, let's run, let's run, run, run. And I'm running, 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 running. He's like, let's go some more. But I love that kid. And I'm telling you in public, affirm your children in public. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of of God. What does that mean? He didn't find criticism in the eyes of God. He didn't find a judgmental spirit in the eyes of God. He didn't find question in the eyes of God or doubt. He found this. When he looked into the eyes of God, he said, all he saw was, I love you. That's it. What are your kids? Fine. When they look into your eyes. For all of you who aren't dads, what are your kids 
going to find when they look into your eyes. I want you to imagine if all you found was negative or you didn't know what you were going to find. How do you think that's going to impact this relationship here? If your father failed you, we're going to pray a prayer of forgiveness so you can move on and not have that be an issue with this relationship. Can I get an amen? amen? Number two, blessing. Fathers should bless their children. Bless means to pronounce the favor of God. Oh, pronounce the favor of God. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Paul referring to Jesus, the son of God, the son of his father, died and rose from the dead. He came out of obedience, submitted himself, walked 33 years, died for our sin. And it says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, therefore, since that happened, God highly exalted him and given him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, no other name, he blessed them with this privilege. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And those in heaven and on earth and those under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, everybody at one time or another is going to say Jesus is Lord. It doesn't mean everyone's going to get saved. They're either going to say before they die, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Or after they die at judgment, say, oh, snap, Jesus is Lord. But you will say it. He blessed his, father, his son. God has blessed you. Past tense, present, and future. He has blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Let's stop right there because some of y'all are working for those blessings. You already have them. The devil wants you to think you have to earn them. Every single day, every single minute. The devil wants you to think you could lose them. He wants you to think you've got to search around for them and do all this good stuff and, 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 and God's going to take them away from you. The Bible says that he has blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And when you look at someone else and say, well, they, they have blessings I don't have. God has blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. It's available to you. Deuteronomy says, blessed you shall you be when you walk in the city. The favor of God is when you're in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. The favor of God is you in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of the ground, the increase of your cattle and offspring. That was another way of saying your, your uh, income because these are people who, who their income was animals. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will command a blessing on your storehouses which, in, in which you set your hand to. Psalm tells us, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him with a shield. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Lord, bless me with peace. You already have it. You already have it. You are blessed. And not only relationships with our fathers, but relationships with people here have destroyed who God is, God is a God who blesses. He does not bless you according to what you deserve. So if you think, man, I got I to deserve, I, I, I got to earn it because I'm bad. No, well, half of that is true. You're bad, but you don't got to deserve it because you can't. You can't do good enough to, bless, to deserve the blessings of God because the blessings of God are eternal. They're given to you according to his grace. Remember, Noah found grace. Grace is un. 
deserved favor. Once you deserve it, it's not grace anymore. Once you earn it, it's not grace anymore. Once you think you paid it back, which you can't, it's not grace anymore. Just receive it. Oh, I can't get that. I know, it's hard. But you got to just stop tripping and receive it. Number three, fathers need to provide a protective covering. Some of your fathers have violated you. They violated their responsibility to you. They abused you. They weren't your protection. They were your pain. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus being, being arrested, his disciples are fighting to protect him. One of them took out a spear and struck off the ear of one of the servants of the high priest. And Jesus says in Matthew 26, verse 53, do you not think that I can now pray and my father would provide to me more than 12 legions of angels? Do you think I need you to protect me? In other words, my father has provided all the protection I need. God will never leave you or forsake you. Do we live in a fallen world? Yes. Do people do hard things to us? Yes. Can God get you through the valley of the shadow of death and never leave you for one second? Absolutely. He is a God who is with you. Amen. He is a God who is with you. Is he going to, is he going to prevent every bad thing happening to you? No, because we live in a sinful world. He would have to put you in a bubble. But he will pr- protect you from your ultimate destruction and use, here's his promise, to use every harmful thing that happens to you to make you stronger and more like him and victorious in the end. You will not only thrive, uh, survive, you will thrive through them. That's the promise of God. And so here's what I want to do right now. There was a young lady in my life. Her dad was a good friend of mine. His dad passed away. And during the funeral process, I said to her, if you would like, it's totally your choice. When you get married, I will stand in for your dad and walk down you down the aisle. So, it's up to her. I want to do something right now. I want to stand in for some of y'all's dads. I would imagine there's some of y'all out there in all the campuses in prison and juvenile hall, watching online. There's something between you and your dad that needs to be reconciled. It needs to be removed. Because if there's something here, it's going to impact your relationship here. Whether you realize it or not, it's causing hesitation here. It's causing lack of doubt here. It's causing a a misunderstanding of the grace of God here. The, The biblical foundation and parameters of your relationship here. Because this relationship is communicating something very powerful to you about you. friend of mine, when he was 30-something years old, was in my house on the floor crying. And he screamed in his anguish, why didn't my dad want me in his 30s? Pain. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to invite you into a prayer where I am going to stand in as your father who offended you. And I am going to ask you for forgiveness. And I'm going to read 
some things that I'm going to ask you for forgiveness. Some of them are going to apply to you, potentially. Now, let me explain forgiveness. Forgiveness is not approval of what happened at all. Forgiveness is not, hey, it's okay, no problem. No. Forgiveness is saying, you hurt me, it was wrong, but I am no longer holding you responsible to heal me. Because when you have unforgiveness towards somebody, bitterness towards somebody, by the way, forgiveness has children. Unforgiveness has children. It has bitterness and jealousy and anger and resentment. Those are the children of unforgiveness. And when you have unforgiveness, it's like taking poison, thinking it's hurting the person that you're unforgiving towards. I'm going to hate them and resent them and be angry and never going to talk to them again. And you're doing all this in your head and your heart, and you're thinking it's hurting them, but really it's only hurting you. Unforgiveness says, I am no longer holding you responsible. I'm going to give that burden up to God. And God, I'm going to go to my heavenly father who I know loves me unconditionally to heal me of that hurt and have a direct relationship outside of this. And I'm going to pray for him by grace because if God can forgive me, I need to forgive him. Same man if you know what I'm talking about. And so I'm going to stand in and I'm going to pray a bunch of things. I'm going to ask you to forgive me a bunch of things as your father. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. You can watch me, whatever you want to do. But if I say something that replies to you, out loud or in the privacy of your heart, say, Dad, I forgive you. Which means I no longer hold you responsible to heal that hurt. And it was a hurt. I no longer hold you responsible. And I'm going to try to forgive you like God has forgiven me. And I'm going to release a blessing on my life because no more of this. There's no issue here to infect this issue here relationship here. Amen? You can close your eyes. You can watch. I'm going to read these things, and if one hits you, two hits you, ten hits you, say, Dad, I forgive you. Please forgive me for not protecting you and making you feel safe. Please forgive me for not showing you respect for your uniqueness and not giving you the freedom to form your own opinions and express them. Please forgive me for not living up to my expectations. Please forgive me for not being at your sport games, for not giving you time and attention. Please forgive me for not remembering birthdays and other special days. Please forgive me for not providing for you financially, for not being dependable, and trustworthy. Please forgive me for not apologizing to you and admitting when I was wrong. Please forgive me for not having integrity and keeping my word. Please forgive me for not keeping my promises to you. Please forgive me for my temper and anger, for teaching or correcting you without judgment or control. Please forgive me for not being a proper godly example, for being religious, keeping under your law, under law so that you, so I would look good. 
Forgive me for not telling you I love you and hugging you regularly. Forgive me for the word curses I spoke to you, that you were stupid, lazy, no good, a sissy, a failure. Forgive me for not loving your mother for the physical or emotional abuse of her. Forgive me for not meeting your mother's needs for being selfish and manipulative. Forgive me for not spending time with you and the family. Forgive me for not establishing what a father-husband is and their responsibility. Forgive me for divorcing your mom and abandoning you. Forgive me for abandoning you emotionally and physically. Forgive me for not teaching you how to relate to men. Forgive me for my silence towards you. Forgive me for not teaching you how to relate to women, for not teaching you to be emotionally intimate. Forgive me for not building you up and encouraging you, for not believing in you. Forgive me for not teaching you to be responsible by facing consequences that result from disobedience. Forgive me for showing favoritism to other kids. Forgive me for yelling at you and cursing you. Forgive me for embarrassing you in front of other people. Forgive me for validating, not validating your femininity as a daughter. Forgive me, forgive me for not validating your masculinity as a son. Forgive me for not being a godly father, for not praying for you. Forgive me for not teaching you about God. Forgive me for not teaching you about life skills. Forgive me for not recognizing the gifts of God in you. Forgive me for not teaching you godly sexuality. Forgive me for not modeling God in your life or establishing healthy, a healthy picture of God. Forgive me for not practicing unconditional love. Forgive me for not setting boundaries and not teaching you how to say no. Forgive me for expecting you to act like an adult and not allowing you to enjoy childhood. Forgive me for not taking a stand for what is right and setting limits. My son, my daughter, if I've hurt you in any of these ways or any other ways, I ask you to forgive me. Can we all bow our heads just for one second? You might have said, Dad, forgive me one, two, or many times. I lost count. But let me lead us in a collective prayer if you would like to ask forgiveness or express forgiveness to your dad to not only let the burden go, but to make room for a better relationship with your heavenly father. Just pray this in the privacy of your heart. Pray, I forgive you, daddy. I ask God to replace my hurt with his love. I no longer hold you responsible to heal me, but I trust God will love and care for me. 
I ask God to be your strength and your provider. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to do one more thing. I want to pray a blessing on you. All throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, the fathers would bless their children and bestow the favor of God on them. The father would pray, before I go, I am bestowing the favor of God on your life. As I continue to stand in for your father, if you accept that. I want to pray a blessing on you. All you guys in jail, all you guys, kids in juvenile hall, I want to pray God a, a blessing of God on your life. My children, I bless you, my precious child. You are so loved, specially created by God, unique and perfect. I am so proud of you. I honor you. I speak life to every cell of your body. You are the son and daughter God delights in. And I have the special privilege to call you my child and to watch you mature. I am so proud of you and speak life into you. I bless you with God's richest richest blessings for your life. May God fill you with new wine and prosper you as your soul prospers. I bless you that you may be filled with God's desires and grace so that you may please God in all that you are and all that you do so that you can be the child God intended you to be and designed you to be. I bless you. I bless you with the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh that you will forget the pain of your past and that your future will be fruitful. Say amen if you receive that blessing. I bless you. I was watching ESPN this morning, the best channel on television. It is the only channel with truth. I watch it every day. And it's not only games and sporting events. They have stories. This morning I was watching E60. It's about a guy named Ernie. Ernie is the host of the TNT NBA basketball game. It's on TNT. It's him, Kenny Smith, uh, Charles Barkley, and Shaq. Ernie wears the bow tie. And they were telling a story about something him and his family is still going through. They had two biological kids, and they saw a special on ABC on 2020 years ago, 29 years ago or so where 14,000 kids in Romania were made orphans, left to the ward of the state. And they said, we need to go adopt one of those kids. And they had some horrible pictures of these kids just dying of hunger and and thousands of them in these cribs. And So his wife went over and they said, we want to get a girl between three and five years old that has no long-standing handicap or disability, somewhat healthy young girl. His, mother, his wife goes over, and the people there introduce him to a little boy who was three years old. The boy had never been outside other than when they found him in the park where he was born and left to die. He had never been outside. 
the mom, the, well, not the mom, the, Ernie's wife took the boy outside and the boy freaked out because he had never seen the sun and he was freaking out because of the sun. And the lady in Romania said he has some serious handicap and disabilities. He will never talk. He will never walk. You will never have a relationship with him. And the mom said, that's my son. She called up her, her husband and she said, I found this boy. It's not a girl. He has long-term disability, unlike what we were looking for. And he said, you need to bring him home. He's their son today. He's dying of MS. He is, he's 28 years old. They gave him until he's 30. They have to do everything for him. He's bedridden. They took him to a car show, which he likes to go every year. And as they were showing him a car, his father said, he is fearfully and wonderfully made. He's perfect. Your dad wants you to come home. Your dad wants you to come home. Are there issues here with people? Absolutely. Absolutely. But your dad wants you to come home. He sees you. Though we are all flawed, we don't know how to talk. We don't know how to build relationships. We don't know how to walk. We can't do hardly anything right. Can I get an amen? You may think you're all that, but you're not. But guess what? It don't matter. Because your heavenly father, your heavenly father loves you more than you can ever ask or imagine. And he doesn't want you to be distracted with this relationship. Us earthly fathers, yes, we have to do better at that. But don't let that get in the way of this, my people. So I want all of you and all the campuses, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to listen very carefully. Because your heavenly father loves you. And he wants you to understand the intense, gracious love he has for you. No matter what anyone has ever told you or represented to you, your heavenly father wants you to understand more than you could ever ask or imagine how much he's already blessed you. But in order for you to receive it, by faith you're going to have to let stuff go and open your arms and say, God, I am yours. If you would like to come home to your heavenly father, whether it be for salvation or whether you just want prayer, whether you just want encouragement, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, thank you for being my dad. Thank you that you love me more than ever I can ask or imagine. Thank you that you look past all my sin. That you sent your son to die for me. So I receive your gracious love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your healing. I want to walk with you. I want to be your child. And I want to know what that means. I want to walk in the favor of your love. Thank you, God. 